Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. Hello dear friends and welcome to another episode of Question and Answer with Bishop Julian Porteous. And we have with us Jovina Grant. As always. And myself. And if you can hear a bossa nova beat in the background, it must be emanating from the presence of Bishop Julian because Bishop, you've just come back from <laughs> World Youth Day. I have, I have. Would you like to you know, give us some of your impressions of, of World Youth Day? Well, of course, one of the extraordinary things was to have a World Youth Day in South America, but more particularly in Brazil, and more particularly again in Rio de Janeiro. Um, the first, I think the first impression one would say is that uh, there was a wonderful spirit of welcome, of great warmth. The Brazilian people are just uh, wonderful people. And so um, straight away, uh, everybody felt very much at home, and uh, the the whole World Youth Day was sort of relaxed at one level and it all went very smoothly and uh, the young people I think had a, a wonderful experience uh, in, the, in the city of Rio de Janeiro and of course the iconic location for the, the major events was uh, Copacabana Beach and uh, it, that in itself is just a, a wonderful location mm -hmm. and as it turned out we had not only the initial welcome of the Pope there but because of some heavy rain at the site, which was to be the site, Guaratiba, this was to be the site for the final vigil and mass, that had to be changed because uh, it came, became just too impassable, it just became mud. And so it was decided then to, to hold the final vigil and mass at uh, Copacabana. I think just about everybody agreed it was providential because uh, holding it there at Copacabana was just a wonderful location and uh, the young people knew where to come, the accessibility was there, and they turned up in such huge numbers, as, as you know, for the final mass, the vigil and the final mass for the Holy Father. On the whole, I think all the pilgrims found it a wonderful experience, a really uplifting experience, and uh, the whole thing went uh, remarkably well. The Brazilians did a, did a superb job. Uh, things like the Stations of the Cross were just refreshing in, in, uh, in their style and their approach, very innovative and uh, just quite extraordinary. And, and the vigil ceremony they put on, uh, this um, building, they, they actually quite literally built a church uh, on the stage. It was just quite an extraordinary phenomenon to watch. Mm. So the whole thing I thought was, was wonderful. Uh, I think young people came back just really uplifted and inspired by the experience. Mm. And I heard there were crocodiles in the original um, place. Yeah. That, that's right, the crocodiles came out of the rivers. <laughs> Such was the, the rain that poured down there. And uh, so I think that was another reason why <laughs> not, to have, not to have the final uh, Gee, mass. Mud and crocodiles, I don't know what the organisers were thinking about changing it. Um, so Bishop Julian, we know that Pope Francis is a Pope very much of firsts. For him, this was his first time being as Pope at a World Youth Day, what kind of impression do you think he made on the young people and, and even the young people on him, I guess? Yes, he, he had an impression he was very much at home. Uh, obviously he was in South America, his, his own 
uh, part of the world. Um, he was very much at home, obviously, with Brazilians, even though he came from Argentina himself, but he was very much at home among the um, Brazilians, was able to talk very easily uh, among with to them, and um, I, I think he felt very much at home. It was very, there were some really extraordinary moments. <laughs> I think, firstly, when it was very typical of him now, as we know, when he arrived at the, the airport, um, he did not get in the Pope-mobile. He, there was a Fiat, a little Fiat uh, <laughs> uh, car nearby, so he said, I'll get in the little car, <laughs> and he went in the little car, and, uh, and then he was putting his hand out the window, people grabbing his hand. Oh, <laughs> it was extraordinary. And then, I don't know what happened, I, I just, for me, I've got no idea, but it seems that the, the motorcycle escort took a wrong turn and, and he got caught in traffic and um, and of course he was just stopped and just mobbed by the people so to be honest it was a little scary uh, to see that but I, I think it was very typical of the Pope he was just wanting to be with the people and whenever he was traveling around among the people he would just spend a lot of time uh, among them waving to them and um, kissing many babies who <laughs> reached out to him and people were giving him things. At one stage, even somebody gave him something to drink and he drank it out of a coconut, you know, just, just drank mm. that. The thing. We thought, wow. We're thinking, wow. You know, <laughs> the security people, I think, were just beside themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sure he's creating many headaches. But, uh, but that was him, you know, he, he just loved to be among the people and his warmth, his, his openness among the people was just wonderful to see. There was one... Um, moment that I, I discovered, which uh, I learnt about, which really typified uh, the Pope and, and his approach. Apparently he visited uh, a, a church or one of the places he visited prior to the, the vigil and final mass. Uh, there was a, a, a couple, and they were a poorer couple, who um, passed their child to him for him to ask them to, to bless the child. This child was newly born and was deformed in some way and uh, this was communicated to the Holy Father and he immediately said I want you to be in the offertory procession um, for the final mass and that's what they did they came up um, and brought the, the child up for the offertory procession for the mass so you can imagine what that would have meant for this young couple you know with the, with their child and and, um, and just the way that he affirmed them and, and carried them. And it, what was most moving was that after they brought up the final, the, the gifts to the Holy Father, as the father who was carrying the child at that point in time was moving away from the Holy Father, he turned to the crowd and just held the baby aloft like this in the air with mm -hmm. a huge smile on his face. And, you know, it was just, just a wonderful moment. And um, things like that, those sort of stories, you know, the, the Pope's ability to to reach out particularly to the poor and the needy and to, to affirm them, to encourage them. Um, that was really in evidence uh, there during the, uh, during the Mass. So I think, I think he loved it. I think it was very much how he seemed very uh, full of joy, of, of, of energy, of, of enthusiasm. Um, so I, I think it was just a wonderful moment and a time when the the young people themselves really saw a Pope that was very interested in them and, and very much wanting to uh, to be among them. So uh, from that side, I think it was a, a wonderful um, a wonderful experience for him and, and for the young people. Great. Yeah, I think, I think we've seen 
a bit now about how Pope Francis likes to, to be with the people and we, we can get impressions from him even back here, back at home, uh, not having gone to World Youth Day. But I guess what perhaps doesn't get through to us as much is, is what the Pope says. Uh, we get little snippets here and there, but perhaps you'd like to speak about the key messages of the Pope mm. at World Youth Day. Mm. Um, the Pope, I think, has those two things. It has this extraordinary ability to engage with people very simply and very beautifully. Um, and when he speaks, as, as you know, he's, he's a straight shooter. He speaks very clearly and directly and uses very down-to-earth images, um, but also speaks in a way that I think addresses the challenge of the gospel, of the, of the teachings of Christ, and, uh, but in a way that um, both challenges and attracts. And, and you see the authenticity in his, in his words, and you know that he lives out what he says. And so there is a... a, a an attractiveness to his message that engages with people because they they know this is not just saying the right thing. This is a man who deeply lives it, deeply believes in it, and knows that it is, it is a path of life, of truth, of, of, of really authenticity with regard to being a Christian. So, like, um, in the opening Mass, he, he began by, by speaking about the whole idea of faith. And, of course, this was a year of faith that was um, uh, originally... Um, inaugurated by Pope Benedict XVI, and so he wanted to continue in that thrust on faith. So he spoke a lot about faith on the, and the, the, that uh, opening mass uh, that he, well, the first mass that he he had. When at uh, when he spoke about it, he really talked about the World Youth Day. It was a very good phrase. He talked about the World Youth Day as a feast of faith, and uh, I thought that was um, that was a very good way of describing really what World Youth Day is. It's a real feast of faith because it's celebrated, it's expressed um, and lived by the people and, and he encouraged young people to, to celebrate it, to live it and then to, to take that back with them, to live that, that faith. And one of the images he particularly spoke about was the idea of putting on Christ and uh, this focus on the fact that of drawing closer to Christ, particularly through the World Youth Day, and he, he used the word put on Christ, let Christ sort of come completely and totally part of who you are, part of your life and so on. So that, um, I use the word opening mass, I actually meant the, the papal welcome when he first came in and, uh, and spoke to the, uh, to the young people. So the first theme was very much around the theme of, um, of, of faith. Uh, the way of the cross is the second time he, he spoke to the young people gathered uh, was this most extraordinary uh, meditations on the, the cross with a particular focus of the cross related to human life and human suffering. So very much in tune, I think, with the spirit of, of Pope Francis and very much, I think, capturing something in the spirit of the church in South America. So a lot of them had to deal with, um, but very real issues. They, they dealt with issues of life, of drugs, of, um, of violence and things like this and, and spoke about them in terms of the Stations of the Cross. So the Stations of the Cross were pretty gritty in that mm -hmm. sense, beautifully presented and, and with extraordinary uh, kind of creativity. But the Stations of the Cross were, uh, were really relating the reality of Christ's sufferings to forms of, of suffering and struggle and difficulty in human life mm. today. So mm. there was this uh, very powerful link. When the Pope came to speak about, um, about the cross, it, it was 
gained some very powerful uh, ideas. He really put out three notions. He 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 had a, he used the word "What have you left on the cross?" What what he meant was, what in your life relates to the cross? You know, so maybe it, it is somebody struggling in some particular area of their life, or some suffering they've had, or something. So he was using the idea, of "What have you left on the cross? What is on the cross of you?" You know, and really encouraging. I think the young people to relate their own sufferings and struggles with the cross of Christ and see that you're putting something on the cross yourself, you know, in, in the sufferings in your own life. Um, and then the second question he asked was, what has the cross left you? What's the cross given you? Like in your own experience of maybe suffering and struggle, particularly when you're united with the cross of Christ, he said, what, does, um, what has it left you? And in the end... He said that really what the cross offers for us is, is love, the love of God revealed in Jesus' own suffering. And so that when we ourselves come to the cross, what we discover is love. And particularly if we come to the cross with our own struggles, our own difficulties, um, our own trials in life, then what we can meet there and experience there is the love, the love of God, which can actually help us deal with our own struggles and, uh, and difficulties. And then the third thing he said to the young people, he says, and what does the cross teach you? And what he was saying here in the end is that when we do come into a relationship with the cross, when we do come into contact with the deep and profound reality of the cross, it affects us in a way that, that we find ourselves wanting to bring compassion, mercy, kindness, and he used the word tenderness, tenderness to others. So the cross actually, if you like, transforms our hearts to be able to bring um, tenderness and mercy and kindness to others. So it was a very beautiful reflection and it was really a way of relating the reality of the cross to the reality of human life. So I thought it was a very powerful thing. Maybe I could tell one, um, there was one testimony that had an extraordinary impact on me and it was um, during, um, during this time, there was a, a young man in a wheelchair. Oh, sorry, it was actually during the vigil. A young man in a wheelchair was on the stage and he gave his testimony during as part of the vigil ceremony. And he was, he was saying that as a young man, he went to the, world, the last World Youth Day in Madrid. And he said it was a time of, of quite considerable personal conversion for him. And he came back full of faith and desire to serve and, 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 and give his life to, to um, you know, for the good of, of others and so on. I didn't quite understand fully what happened to him, but somehow or other, um, it, it came to pass that he'd also met somebody, and, and I think he was either engaged or married. Again, I wasn't too sure exactly what happened. But anyhow, it, it seems that somehow or other, two men came into his flat or his house or something, uh, maybe to rob him, and shot him, and he was actually paralysed. So he was a man, a young man, in his late 20s, who was full of health going to the last World Youth Day. Now at this World Youth Day, he was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he had a cross around his, around his neck, and he held up the cross and said, now I, I have a cross, but I carry the cross with Christ. Very, spoke very passionately, very powerfully. And then he, as I can understand it, he then turned his wheelchair around and addressed the Pope, turned to the Pope, and, and cried out very strongly, very, very emotively to the Pope. He said, 
you know, said, will you bless this cross, bless this cross so that, so that the cross in my life will be a blessing. You know, he was sort of, mm. it was quite, very, very powerful, very, very powerful. And, um, and I think that captured a lot of what was in the, the, the Stations of the Cross uh, on, the, on the Friday. And uh, the whole Stations of the Cross, the, the way of the cross and the, the words of the Holy Father, I found myself extraordinarily powerful, extraordinarily moving. And then we came to the, um, the vigil, and of course it's now on Cabana Beach, and there were, I think you've seen the pictures, there were there was millions there, and they, they say three, three million plus at the final mass. There would have been two and a half million probably at the, the vigil. The whole beach was just full of people, and uh, it was the most extraordinary atmosphere. But, but the Pope began, and obviously he prepared his homily before he went to the World Youth Day, and he spoke about the field of faith. Of course, they were to be on a field at, mm. at Guaratiba, but we now on a beach, not on a field. Mm. But he, he wanted to he use the image and he, and he said, we're on a campus fide, a, a field of faith here. And then he uh, spoke about the idea, he said, he, again, he often uses three, mm. three teaching points, you know, in a homily that he's giving. He had three teaching points. The first thing he said about a field is a field is a place where you sow seeds. And, and of course, the idea of the, the parable of Jesus about sowing the seeds, and, and it, if it's a good field, it's going to produce good fruit. And he, he spoke about the fact that um, you know here we can sow the seeds in our lives that they might generate and produce really good fruit in our lives, and so on. And the second image he uses of the field, he said, the field is also a, 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 like a soccer field, a place at, uh, where you. Uh, play soccer, and he said, and, and people in South America are interested in soccer. He said, and of course, there's a great roar from the crowd. <laughs> and then he went and spoke about the fact that uh, how does uh, how does a soccer team work? It, they must train. They must really work together as a team. And he used all these images from soccer to talk about the Christian life and say that um, the Christian life means we need to train. We need to work together. And uh, so he used that imagery to speak about the Christian life. And then the third thing. He said, "Is that a field can be a place where things are built, so it's where things are constructed." And of course, in the night before, at the vigil ceremony, sorry, sorry, in in the vigil ceremony itself, there was um, this extraordinary building of a of a church. It was the most extraordinary thing to watch mm. the way they did it, and um, the idea was that they used the. Um, the saying of St. Francis, of the, the, what the Lord said to St. Francis through the St. Damien Cross, rebuild my church. And, uh, and so they were kind of doing that in this, in this form during the vigil. And the Pope took up this theme of St. Francis uh, rebuilding the church. Of course, and he spoke about the fact that we're all the living stones, all the, the young people are living stones, and our job is to build, build up a church, you know. But of course, the very interesting thing was that the organisers, the planners of the World Youth Day, decided that they would take those words of St. Francis as a model for the theme of the vigil ceremony, not knowing that the Pope who would come to the World Youth Day would have chosen the name Francis. Wow. Uh, and of course, so it had so much more meaning and significance because he was Pope Francis, choosing the name Francis, choosing the inspiration of St. Francis for his own ministry as Pope. And the young people had actually enacted those words of rebuild my church. And so he was able to speak to that during the vigil ceremony. 
So again, there were some wonderful things in relation to the um, uh, to his presentation and to the whole theme of the night. The next day, he came back, and uh, we had the final mass. And uh, the in the final mass, he took up the theme of the the World Youth Day in Rio de Janeiro, which was uh, go and make disciples. And um, and then he he said to the young people, "Now go. You know, we've come here." We've had this experience. Now I want you to go and, and make disciples. And, and he spoke about that. That's our, our task in the world is to go out into the world with the Christian message, with the Christian witness and, and, and present it to the world. And he spoke a lot about don't be afraid. He, he, he took up this, don't be afraid because you're young. Don't be afraid um, to, to, um, to go forth and, and to do this. So he spoke a lot about overcoming fear and not letting fear stop you doing what uh, what the Lord is calling you to do and what this World Youth Day is inviting you to do. And then he ended up by talking about service. He said, really, what we do, we go out to serve. And, uh, of course, that's a very a theme very close to his own heart with the idea that the Christian in the world is there to serve, to serve the poor, the needy, the suffering. Um, so he said, take, um, take that spirit of service back with you. As you as you go as you leave the World Youth Day, so I just feel that um, the way he spoke and the, um, the, the the simple, direct, and beautiful way that he presented his messages to the youth was very appropriate, and uh, I think they were just wonderful and inspiring messages. I think this World Youth Day was an extraordinary grace. It was for me, it was an extraordinary privilege to be there and to to take part in it. Well, I think we've shared in that inspiration and grace from listening to you, Bishop Julian, and listening to your experiences. So um, thank you for that. I mean, I'm a bit bummed that I missed out now. <laughs> I wish I was there. You and me both, Jeremy. <laughs> but there's always next time, I guess. There, there's, there's always next time. And uh, the, the other thing I, I, I would say is, is that, and I've said this before, but I think it's, it's just so true. There's just something extraordinary. There's a grace associated with the World Youth Days. It, it just is, um, it's hard to sort of fathom exactly what it is, how it comes about, but, but just, it just happens. Mm. And, and, and people are profoundly touched and their lives are changed through their experience in the World Youth Day. So I'd recommend, I believe, every young Catholic should be part of being a Catholic and must attend at least one World Youth Day. Mm. You're not a proper Catholic unless you've gone right. to at least one World Youth Day. <laughs> we'll put you on that, Bishop. Yeah, <laughs> Mass every Sunday, holidays are obligation and one World Youth and Day. And one World <laughs> Youth Day, exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bishop Julian. It's been infectious to hear about World Youth Day. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes, visit radio.org.